0: hello 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 i am finally back and today's episode isn't a traditional episode in the sense of like a sit-down conversation with like guests around a round table instead this is actually repurposed audio from my home church where elder william elliott shares his testimony with our congregation and my hope is that this will impact you encourage you and leave you with your faith built up and as always feel free to share this with anybody that you think it could help it's Elissa and you're listening to the intentional apostolic podcast thank you brother carol praise the lord everybody amen you may be seated Good to be here, and I don't know how you pronounce this. Is it Skiatook or Skiatook? took. okay. All right, well, I'm glad to be here. I've uh, contacted your pastor at different times, and we just haven't had a time where we get together, and here I am now, and I'm happy for it. Now, before I start, <clears throat> you're probably wondering about me because I have Several dialects here. I was born in Canada, Toronto, Canada, a long, 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 long time ago. I'm I'm 82. You missed it right there. When I say I'm 82, you're supposed to say, Oh, it can't be. So we're gonna try that again. I was born in Canada a long time ago, and I'm 82. Well, thanks, but that's the truth anyways, you know. Yeah, well, at least. But uh, I was born in a a bad situation. My home was an alcoholic home and uh, all kinds of problems. And uh, I'm going to share my testimony with you here this morning of how the Lord delivered me. I'm I've been in the States now since 1970, but I've been all over the place. And I passed it in Pennsylvania, and in Pennsylvania, they don't go uh, window shopping. They go downtown and look the windows in. And when they call you for supper, they don't say supper's ready. They just say, pop's on the table, and he's half at. So I got a little bit of that, and then I'd I'd come further uh, west a little bit, and uh, into Illinois now, and then they don't have fire there. They have far. And so I don't know what I am anymore. So if there's a word that you hear today that you don't understand, just tuck it away somewhere, and I'll try and explain it to you later. But I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do for us. Now, I've got to say this just in before I start. I could sit all day long and listen to the oneness of God. I'm telling you, that was great this morning. I enjoyed that so much. And I remember when I first got into church, about my first month or so in church, and I was at a Bible study, my pastor was teaching on the oneness of God. And I had one scripture there that that baffled me. And after he got done teaching, I went home that night, and I do what new converts do. They take their Bibles, and they, they read their Bibles. And, you know, when we get older, we have seniority. So anyhow, I'm reading my Bible. Matthew 28 and 19 said, Go ye therefore into all the world, teaching, preaching, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's one o'clock in the morning. I've got something here my pastor missed. So I called him. And I said, Brother Moore, this is Bill. He said, I know. He said, it's one o'clock in the morning. I said, yeah, right. I said, I found something in the Bible that do you need to know. Well, he said, okay, give it to me. I said, well, you were teaching tonight. There was only one God. But I said, look what I found. And I read in the scripture and he said, so what? I said, well, anybody knows there's three there. There's the father, there's the son, there's the Holy Ghost. I said, that's three. Oh, he said, I see. Well, he said, now that you've enlightened me, you come to my house tomorrow morning, not too early. But come to my house tomorrow morning, I'm going to give you a check for a1,000 dollars, and I'm going to sign it Father." I said, "Well, that won't work." He said, "Well, then I'll sign it son." I said, "That won't work." He said, "Well, then I'll sign it husband." I said, "It won't work." He said, "Why?" I said, "That's not your name." He said, "Exactly." I got the revelation. And I'm going to stay with it. Amen. Amen. So God is great. He's, he's the Father in creation. He's the Son in redemption, the Holy Ghost in regeneration. But there's only one God, and His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me turn your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, shall there not then i pray thee be given to thy servant two mules burden of earth for thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods but unto the lord jesus i love you and i need you and i can't do this by myself lord but if you will stand by me one more time touch these lips of clay give me the hearts of your people And let your word go forth in demonstration and power, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. and may be seated. I told you I was born in Canada, raised in an alcoholic home. And, uh, well, actually, the alcohol didn't come in until I was about eight years of age. And everything in our household turned upside down. Everything. That everything that was good was gone. Amen. I wish somehow that they got these billboards on the highway that tells you uh, smooth as a as a mountain stream, and uh, uh, the advertising that the the, uh, the whiskeys and whatever. I wish they'd show you the backside of those billboards. Of the broken homes, the children that are abused, and, and, and partners that are abused, and, and homes that are lost, and everything's gone, and just a horrible existence. I wish that could be, could be seen for everybody. But nonetheless, when it came into our home, everything was turned upside down. And my folks would, sometimes they'd be at the happy hour. I'm nine. 10 years of age. My sister is there. Mom and dad are at the happy hour. Sometimes it was midnight, one o'clock when they came in. I'm just a little fella trying to get something on the stove for my sister and I to eat. And, uh, sometime depending where they'd been and what they've been drinking, it was kind of the kind of a night we were going to have. Everything was, was just upside down. And, at a young age, I, I developed an anger. I developed a, a, a hatred, and and I wasn't I wasn't a happy child. And by the time I was eleven years of age, I learned how to drink like they drank. I found out where they put the the uh, the beer, and I'd snap a cap without even denting the thing. I learned how to take them off without messing up the cap. And I'd take a few belts of beer and replace it with ginger ale, put the cap on, and they never knew the difference. I found out where they hid the whiskey, and I'd take a few belts of whiskey and put some iced tea back in there, bring it up to the line. They'd never know the difference. But by the time I was 15 years of age, I was almost an alcoholic everything in my life was shot at 15 years of age. And I lived in a city of uh, Toronto, which is 3 million people. I left home at 15. I had some buddies that had the same problem in their home. Now, you know, the story folks, birds of a feather flock together. That's why it's imperative. That you make sure your children come to church with you. If you don't get them here, somebody out there will get them. But they don't want to come. Hey, are they living in your house? Are you putting clothes on their back and feeding them? You're going to live here. You're going to live by my rules. Amen. I used to tell it when I pastored, and, and I know I'm, I, I'm a dinosaur. I understand that. But I tell them, you don't want your kids to look like gang members, quit dressing them like gang members. You're buying the stuff and they're wearing it. So all, I had friends that had the same problem I had. And we, we, we left, I, I left my home, they left their home. And we got ourselves a little apartment. Well, apartment, it was a dump. I mean, we didn't work, so you couldn't afford a whole lot. But I'm on my own now. I'm in this apartment. And uh, I'm hungry, so I go out in the kitchen, get something to eat, and I have a can of pork and beans right out of the can cold. Now, honey, that's living right there. If I want to have a beer, I'll have a beer. I want to have a shot of whiskey, I'll have a shot of whiskey. I'm on my own. I can do my own thing. But, you know, when you live in a big city, and even more so today, But when you live in a big city, you you either run with a gang or you get hammered every day. And so we formed a motorcycle gang, and the motorcycle gang was called Hell's Saints. And we thought that was kind of a neat name because the scarier the name was, it seemed like people left you alone. Except for other motorcycle clubs. And we're always battling other motorcycle clubs. Now, it was always party time, but you can't party if you don't have money. And so sometimes I would work for the Midnight Auto Wreckers. If you need something for your car, you could tell me today and at midnight, I go out and get it for you and then deliver it tomorrow. Make a little bit of money that way. And my drinking increased. I'm now an alcoholic. I'm not fun to be around. I'm not a, I'm not a happy drunk. When I, get, when I got drunk, this is, now this is B.C., folks, before Christ, come into this life. But when I got drunk, I was, I was a brawler looking for problems. And so uh, my, my drinking increased, and, and, and the way that I lived was just going down the tubes. At 18 years of age, I got arrested for trying to rob a movie theater. I was in jail for that. And I, I, I waited for trial to come up. Three months I was in jail. And in my cell block, there's 35 guys in this cell block. And every one of them is innocent. And they're telling me how I can beat my rap. They're telling me how to get out, and they can't get themselves out. So anyhow, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And my trial was coming up the next day. I'm laying on my bunk in this cell block. 35 guys, the lights are out, dark as a coal mine, there's, there's four guys in with me, and, and we're on these bunks, and while I'm laying there, I'm thinking, I'm on a dead-end street here. And I don't know what to do. And my mind got to running, and I remembered my grandmother, thank God for grandma's. By the way, I'm happy you guys are going to be grandparents here. I got six of them. They're going to keep you broke. (laughs) But thanks, God, for grandmas, because I had a grandmother that was a praying grandmother. She had walked 15 miles in Ireland to a meeting when she was a little girl, got the Holy Ghost, got herself baptized and then her dad came with her the next night and he got saved so my grandmother had lived for god since she was just a young girl she came over from ireland with her uh, her children and and uh, my dad came over with his mom and dad from ireland and so uh, I don't know if that makes any difference or not, but someone said the Irish like to drink. Um, maybe they do, but I found a lot of Germans like to drink. I found a lot of everybody likes to drink that they don't know God. And so anyways, I'm laying on my bunk and I'm thinking about my grandmother. Now, she was a Christian. I want to be around Christian. I don't want to be around religious people. Now, religious people condemn you. They tell you everything you're doing wrong, but a Christian will love you. They they will not condone what you're doing, but they will love you, and that's what my grandma did. She never uh, condemned me, but she let me know. She said, Billy, I love you. Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you, and I heard this all of my 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 young life coming up when when things got rough at home, and when I was just a little fella, nine and ten years of age, my grandmother had slipped my sister and I some bus tickets and said, "When the fight gets bad, you get on a bus and come here." And we'd go to Granny's house. While we're there, she uh, my my sister my sister would be brushing my grandmother's hair, and uh, and my grandmother did this on purpose. And while she's doing that. Granny's reading the word of God out loud. Just reading the word of God out loud. Amen. Just trying to get it on in the side of us here. Amen. And so I'm laying on my bunk and I'm thinking about my grandma. And how that she came by the house one day when I was about 10. And I was going out and she was coming in. She said, where are you going, Billy? I said, out to play. She said, have you prayed? I said, what? She said, have you prayed? I said, there ain't nobody praying in this house. We don't know how. She said, I'm teaching you in the house. Well, granny was four foot nothing, but you never said no to granny. So I went in the house, and granny said, now, I'm going to teach you how to pray. The first thing you do, Billy, is you get on your knees. So I got on my knees. She said, the next thing you do is you pray out loud. And she said, here's the prayer I'm going to teach you. And so she taught me a prayer. So I'm laying on my bunk in this prison house. And I'm thinking. I I really don't know how to do all this praying business. I don't think it's going to work, but I don't have a whole lot of options right here. So I thought I'd give it a shot. And I got out, got on my knees, just like granny said, and I began to pray. The only prayer that I know, and I'm, now I'm 18, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I said, God, I don't know if you're up, down, in, or out, but if there's such a thing as a God, I need some help here tonight. Amen. I said, if you'll help me, I'll do my best to change the way I live. Well, when I got done, it was the biggest laugh you ever heard in that cell block. The next day I went to to court. I'm standing down there. The judge is up here. He's reading something. I can't see it. But he's reading this thing. And then he looks at me and he said, is this your record? Well, I don't know what he's looking at. But I'm surmising it is. I said, "Uh, yes, sir. He said, you are a menace to society. You are the off scouring. He said, we need to put you away somewhere and just leave you there. But he said, for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, I am going to give you probation. Probation. Three years probation, but he said, If you look wrong, we'll pick you up. I'm back out on the street. I don't know how to change my life. I I wanted to, but I I don't know how. And so I, I gravitate back into the old system again. The drinking gets worse, the fighting gets worse, everything gets worse. Now, I'm, I'm two years into my probation. Not that I haven't done anything wrong. I just didn't get caught. So two years into it, I got arrested again for breaking into the post office. That's a federal offense. My lawyer told me, my, my public defender, told me, he said, the best I can get you is 15 years. Well, that didn't sound like a good deal to me. I'm in in jail, or in, in prison, and the first night in there, they brought my meals. Now, I do not like institutional food. So when they brought it, I couldn't eat it. But I am a chocolate freak. They brought me some chocolate pudding, and I got a hold of that pudding. And just as I was getting that spoon to come down, a huge shadow came over the table. And I looked up, and here's a guy standing there. He's about six foot three or four, 300 and some odd pounds of muscle. And he's looking at me, and he's follically challenged. He's bald. And his name is Curly. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm eating this pudding. He said, no, it's mine. I said, you got it wrong, pal. This one's mine. He said, I said, it's mine. I said, well, hey, watch me eat yours then. And I got that spoon halfway down and something hit me upside the head. Slid me off the bench over into the corner. I'm hearing bells and birds now. And I'm looking up and there's Curly. He said, I said it was mine. I said, I hope you enjoy it. As long as I was in there before I ate it any other night. I said, ask Curly if he wanted it first. I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. I'm a quick learner here. So I'm in here now for... Breaking in that post office. Trials coming up. I'm laying on the bunk again. Lights out. And I said, God, I failed you. You helped me and I messed up big time. The longer I lay there, I thought, there's no sense even calling him because he won't help me now. But the longer I laid there, the more I realized I don't have any other way to go here. I got down on my knees again and began to call upon the Lord. I said my little prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep the whole nine yards. And I said, God, i failed you. But if somehow you can help me, I will do my best to change the way I live. Well, the next day I was going to court in the back of the police cruiser and the one officer talking the other officer said did you hear what happened to judge crow last night that's my judge so i sat up to hear what happened he said what happened to him he said well he up and had a heart attack and died i don't feel too good about it now but i felt real good then because i was getting a new judge but they all go to the same school The same program, folks. I was there. This is how it happened. Is this your record? We need to lock you up. We need to forget where we put you. And he told me how rotten I was. And then he said, you're very fortunate. I said, I don't understand. He said, well, Jimmy has never had a problem. If I give you a trip, I'm going to have to give Jimmy a trip. He said, therefore, I'm going to add two more years to your probation. But he said, if you spit on the sidewalk, we'll scoop you. If you look like you did something wrong, you'll do the whole term. I'm back out on the street. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure things out. But nothing's working, and I'm, I'm slowly gravitating back into that old style again. I'm at a party this one night, and my best buddy came in. I hadn't seen Jimmy for about, oh, two or three months. Didn't know what happened to him. But he come in the party, and I hollered. I said, Jimbo, over here. So he came over. He said, Bill, guess what I got? I said, what? He said, I got the Holy Ghost. I said, the Holy what? He said, the Holy Ghost. I said, what is that? He said, I don't know, but I spoke in tongues. I said, well, what did you say? He said, I don't know. Well, I thought he had a rush coming on now. He's in some good stuff. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I went to this little Pentecostal church and I went to an altar and got saved. I said, okay. And I kind of got away from him because I thought he was really freaking out. And he was telling me all about this little church. Well, he left the party. He, he had, apparently, he had just come to, to witness to me. He left the party. Three months later, I'm at another party. I'm getting ready to come home. I'm on my motorcycle. And I'm hammered. I shouldn't even be on the thing. You know you've heard the story on the news. Car comes up one main street and fails to negotiate the turn onto another one. Well, I came up this one street on my motorcycle, and I failed to negotiate the turn, and I hit one of them light poles. I come off that baby, landed on my feet, running, and took one of them big buckets that says "Do not litter." Uh, Do not litter. I carried it for about three stores. When I finally got stopped. I looked around. My bike is a mess, and there's a police cruiser. I'm on probation. I said, oh, great. So I walked back over to where the cruiser was, and the, the policeman there. He said, are you all right? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm OK. He said, maybe I ought to give you a ride home. It looks like, like, like you, you, need a, you need some help here. Looks like you're, you're in shock. I said, pal, that's exactly what's going on here. I said, I'm in shock. But I said, I need to walk a little bit and just get the kinks out. Because I knew if I could in that car and breathe one time, my probation was over. So he let me go and walk home. I got in my little room, just me in that room, dark as a coal mine. Now, folks, I'm not drunk now. I'm not hallucinating. I was there, but in the corner of the room, there's a light about the size of a a silver dollar, maybe twice the size of a silver dollar, just a round circle, and I'm laying in my bed there. The light's out, and I'm seeing that thing, and as I lay there, that light moved from the corner of that room right over top of the bed. It seemed to me like it illuminated the bed where I lay, and then I heard this voice, whether in my head, in my heart, out loud, whatever. But this voice spoken said, you said, if I helped you, you would change how you live. Now, how about it? I've never had this happen before. My heart is beaten. It's flat palpitating now. I said, now God, if that's you, you get me up in the morning without a hangover, and I'll go and check out that little Pentecostal church. All right. I woke up in the morning. I didn't have a I didn't have a hangover. I felt like a million bucks, not all green and wrinkled, but just felt good. I got dressed Sunday morning. I got dressed. Put on the only suit that I had. I had it cleaned so many times, it shined. I'm heading to church. I get to that little church Jimmy told me about, pulled on the door, and it's locked. I said, well, can you beat that? I'm going to church, and they're not having it. 8 o'clock in the morning, nobody there. I'm on my way home. I'm walking back home now. And coming around the corner is Jimmy. He sees me, and he, Willie, where are you going? I said, I was going to check out your church, but you're not having it. He said, you're a little early. Hop in. So I got in his car, went back to church, and and the doors are now unlocked, and some people are going in. Now, folks, I'm going in to church for the first time in my life. Well, I went in when I was a little tiny baby. They sprinkled water on me, but I don't remember that. So I'm going into church now, first time, a Pentecostal church. I have no idea what they do in there, but I'm going in. I walked in. There's a little guy standing at the door, four foot, nothing, a voice like thunder, and he's giving people, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. My buddy gave me the elbow, and he said, oh, that's Brother Love. I said, what? He said, that's brother love. Okay. So I'm going to slip around this guy because I don't want to be rude. But his peripheral vision is so good. And as I slipped around, he said, well, praise the Lord. Now that's the signal for everybody in the building to look. We've got a live one coming through the back door now. And he's bringing me all the way up to the front. I said, hold it, pal. I do not want a front seat. He said, where do you want to sit? I said, at the back. He said, you can't. The saints are all back there. <laughs> you got to watch out for these little ones, folks. So I said, just put me halfway. Now, just before the preacher got up to preach, his wife got up with this accordion. And she started to squeeze that thing and began to sing. I walked along a lonely road and nobody seemed to care. And the burdens on my weary back had bowed me to despair. And I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. I'm 21. Tears are running down my face. I don't know what's going on. And I'm saying, come on, Bill, get a hold of yourself, son, you're losing it here. But for the first time in my life, I'm feeling the genuine touch of a loving God. Never felt that in my lifetime before. But oh, he was just, Right there, right beside me, and a a feeling that I never, ever had. Listen to me, church. There ought never be a time you walk in this assembly and not be able to lift your hands and be able to thank him for what he's brought you out of, what he's kept you from, what he's done in your life. You ought to be able to give him praise every time you walk in here. It doesn't matter how bad things are. I stood there, service was, was over. The son of thunder came up to me. He said, You need to come back tonight to the evangelistic service. I said, The evangel who? He said, The evangelistic. I said, What's that? He said, I can't tell you. You got to see it for yourself. I said, Okay, pal, I'll be here. Well, I went back that night. Now, that church that I got saved in, a little over a quarter of the church were Jamaicans. Now, honey, they can worship God. I walked in the door. There's the sun of thunder. Praise the Lord. I said, halfway. <laughs> so I got my seat. I don't know where my buddy is. He's, I don't know where, what happened to him? So I'm sitting there. And I got a Jamaican on one side of me. And I get a Jamaican on the other side of me. I got a Jamaican behind me. I got a Jamaican in front of me. I mean, they got me boxed in there. That preacher got up to preach. I have never seen preaching like that before. This guy's face got red. This vein's popping out in the side of his head. He's spitting all over the microphone. I've never seen this stuff before. And then when he gets done preaching, he gives the altar call. Hang on, folks. It's only 1130. Give him the altar call. Only we're not going to the altar. We're going downstairs into the prayer room. I've never been in a prayer room. So I just sat there. So did my Jamaican friends. Finally, one of them said to me, would you like to pray? I said, no. So we just sat there. A little bit later, he said, would you like to pray? I said, no. But mama didn't raise a complete dimwit. I realized if I'm leaving the building, I've got to pray. So when he asked me the third time, would you like to pray? I said, okay. We're going down in the prayer room. I don't know what they do down there. Never been there. So I'm scoping it out as I go down. And finally, I I see what they're doing. It didn't look difficult to me. You've probably done it yourself. Just find a place where nobody is. Just take the tuck head. And that's it well that didn't look too difficult to me so i went where there was nobody i took the tuck head and i'm just down there on my knees and then all these feet started moving i'm not looking up and then there's a crowd around me and they're hold on let go give up don't give up they're spitting all over me I said, "God, get me out of this place!" Everybody in here is a candidate for the Cracker Farm. They're all nuts. <laughs> when I saw an opening, I said, "Feet do not fail me now." <laughs> I left that place. I didn't go back Tuesday night to Bible study. I didn't go back Friday night to Young People's. I didn't go Sunday morning. I'm having a beer in the afternoon watching a football game, and something come over me. I walked out to the kitchen. I took all the beer, the vodka, the gin, whiskey, everything going down the drain. My buddies come out and said, hey, what's happening? I said, I just quit drinking. They said, well, some of that's ours. I said, yeah, you quit too. And I don't know how church people talk. I said, I'm joining another gang tonight. So they named off several, you know, the hobos. the And I, no, no, no. I said, I'm going to join Jesus' gang. Well, that was a big laugh. And I said, I got no wheels, so somebody's going to have to give me a ride. Well, my buddy Crazy George elected. Now, that name ought to tell you something right there. But crazy George rode an old Army 45 Harley with the baffles kicked out of it. And it sounded like a tank coming down the street. But George never did like to ride the roads. He always rode the sidewalks. Drove me right up to the church house door. He said, do you want me to take you in, Willie? I said, no, I'll walk from here, George. (laughs) I walked in and there's a son of thunder. He said, praise the Lord. I said, front row. Best seats in the house. You don't know who's got kidney problems here. You don't know who's having a cheese and cracker picnic back there. All you know is you getting it right from the full throttle right here, buddy. Amen. And when the time comes, you want to get up and get with the program, you can get up and get it. I'm sitting on the front row. I got a Jamaican on this side of me. I got a Jamaican on that side of me. I got one behind me, but I don't have one in front of me amen now I, I here I am and I'm waiting to see this thing take off well you know generally Sunday mornings is, is deader than a hammer we don't get excited till the rose burns but here it is Sunday night and I'm in this Pentecostal church a quarter of it or better Jamaicans and at seven thirty, the drums the horns the the, the uh, piano, the guitar, everything going 100 miles an hour. And those Jamaicans carry those little tambourines, and they're beating the fire out of these things. It's the big one for me. I'm going out, man. I've never seen this before. <laughs> this guy on this side of me gives it this number. Wham, he's out like a light. I've never seen that. So I'm taking a look at him. I'm going to get this guy to give me a hand. But he's out here in right field somewhere. So I took another look and I said, you better get a doctor over here. Oh, he's all right. He does that all the time. Then the road runners start going around the building. I said, God, help me get me out of here. That preacher preached that night. Someone told him all about me because he preached right down my street. And he finished up by saying, if you want peace of mind, I recommend Jesus Christ. If you want happiness and joy, I recommend Jesus Christ. If you want to change the way you're living, I recommend Jesus Christ. Everything I wanted, he was mentioning right there. And I, hear, I said, this is what I've been looking for right here. And so they gave an altar called. We didn't go to the prayer room now. We're coming to the altar now. People at the altar, my buddy behind me said, do you want to pray? I said, no, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit on that altar. I'm going to check this thing out. And if it's real, I'm going for it. Well, I sat there, and two young men over here, 12, 13, 14, got the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. A couple of young ladies over here, 15 or 16, got the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. And a couple of adults, six or so, got the Holy Ghost right there. You know, some people fake it till they make it, but this was the real deal here. And I saw all of this happening. It's now 1130 at night. Yeah, you heard me right. It's 1130 and people are leaving the building. I got something come over me, Brother Carol. I got up off the, the altar, walked to the center aisle, and I said, hey, don't believe in the building. God's not done yet. Well, they came in to sat down and see what God was going to do. So, so did I. Just in a few moments, something swept over me. I don't know what was going on. Something swept over I stood up. I lifted my hands in the air, and I began to say, hallelujah, hallelujah. The next thing I know, I'm laying flat out on the floor. They're all around me. Hold on. Let go. Give up. Don't give up. They're spitting all over me, but I'm in another world now. In just a few minutes, I come up off the floor. Just... Dancing in the spirit. I began to talk in tongues. I took a few laps around the building. I mean, I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible said. Amen. what a time I was having there. They took me out, amen, 1 o'clock in the morning. Pastor said, take the boy home. I was behind the pulpit, waving his Bible all around, just talking in tongues. He said, take the boy home. Well, they took me to my house. I got out, and they, hope you make it, Billy boy, and I made it into my house. Now, I'm in the bedroom, just me and the Holy Ghost. And I said to myself, myself, will this thing work in the bedroom? So I started in worshiping God. It hit like an artesian well. And from 2 o'clock in the morning till about 7, I'm just having a tongue-talking time in my bedroom. Now, I got this little job I got to go on in the morning. So I walked down to the main street, got on the bus. Uh, Everybody's at the front of the bus. Nobody's at the back. So I went way down the back and sat on the seat. And I said to myself, myself, will this thing work on the bus? So I started in worshiping God on the bus on that back seat. It hit again. I come dancing down the side of the the, the aisle there, grabbed a hold of that bell going ding, ding, ding. And the driver said, I know, I know, I know. When he opened the door, I danced off the bus right into a phone booth. People walking by said, the boy's got a major problem here. He's talking to somebody and the phone's still on the hook. That was 59 years ago. It's as real to me tonight, today, as it was 59 years ago. Now, what I'm wondering here, you know, one thing about a drunk, he don't give a flip about anybody. He can have a party all by himself. He can come down, show me the way to go home. Tired and I want to go to bed. Everybody's laughing at him, but he's in his own world. Yeah. He don't even know it. What would happen here this morning if, in this assembly, we just got a whole bunch of apostolic drunks in here that didn't care what anybody else was thinking and just, well, uh, well, well, where'd you go, church? Amen. What would happen if we just let things go here? It's Sunday morning. We we don't do that. Yes, we do that on Sunday morning. Amen. What would happen if we just let everything would just stand with me here? Amen. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I came to lift him up. I came to glorify him. Amen. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to give him honor and to give him praise, for he brought me from a mighty long way. Where did he bring you from? What has he done for you here? Amen. Amen. Don't let things get in your way. Just go ahead and lift your hands, lift your hearts, begin to call upon him. Let the power of God be all over this place here this morning you need a refreshing this is a time to get a refreshing if you got the holy ghost notify your face it's joy unspeakable it's full of glory amen amen Power a holy holy god show yourself mighty now amen amen